This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He is Sam Franco and Payson Schwinn also with us. Gentlemen, Atlanta, the last time we spoke, and you can consider us you know, coming back from the injury list like every other Atlanta United player, apparently. But oh, uh, last time we spoke, I think Atlanta United was in fourth in the East. Uh, as they sit today, before all the games have played on Wednesday, they are eighth. Oh, East. dead center. Uh, not a good look. And almost dead center. I wouldn't be upset. I'm not all that upset about it because I mean, with when you consider all the injuries and we can talk specifically about why the injuries are, or, or why we think the injuries are taking place, but because you can't deny the fact that we have all these injuries uh, and I can't really, you know, you can only do so much with the injuries that, that you, that you have uh, defensively, this team is struggling. Uh, and so you, you told, and you see on the field that that's their biggest weakness. So I don't know. Uh, aside from that, everything's good. What's up with you guys? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, great, great way to, uh, jump into, to the pleasantries part yeah. of the podcast. Um, I think that this team, the trends for this team over the past few weeks, they've definitely looked a lot better offensively. There's no question about that. I mean, Tiago Almada. Uh, Luis Araujo really do look like, you know, young players that can have a pretty heavy impact for Atlanta United for at least, you know, the next few years before hopefully they end up at least hopefully according to Atlanta United's sort of uh, way that they run their club, you know, you have these guys for a few years, then you're able to sell them on for max profit. Right now, if you're asking me about those two, I'd say that right now, they both look like they're going to be guys that are going to continue to develop, continue to play really well for Atlanta United and, and get those, you know, European overtures from bigger clubs that might want to prize them away or pry them away rather for those big bucks that Atlanta United want to have. And I mean, so far, the only players they've been able to do that for in, in reality are Miguel Almiron, of course, who just wrapped up his season with Newcastle and might be on the move. So we'll, we'll definitely monitor He's that here. starting time, at least towards the end of the season. I do wonder is- if Joseph before his knee injury was actually getting looks, I know he's wanted to stay with Atlanta. So I'm not, That's a good you know, question. it's not, it's not, I'm not worried about that aspect of it, but uh, I wonder if he's gotten looks from Europe, uh, you know, basically before, since before I'm wondering if before his injury, he got looks from Europe and just opted to stay in Atlanta, which, you know, I'm all for that, but uh, he had already risen his celebrity so high here in Atlanta that for him, I think it was more about just being in a place in your career where you can make, you know, comparable money to what you would make for like a, a mid-level club yeah. in any of the big leagues in the world. Because I don't think he's going to like Manchester United or Juventus or anything like that. But, you know, an Aston Villa, somewhere like that, that's going to pay you probably around the same of what Atlanta United was paying you. But over here, he's closer to his home of Venezuela. Uh, or I guess Atlantis is home, but his homeland of Venezuela. And he just has that celebrity status. So I think overall he loved being in the position he was in and, and just getting back to it really quickly from what I was saying there with, with the way that the, the, the club is, is going right now, 
you have some grid, really good young players in the attack that hopefully you're able to sell on for profit down the road and keep that kind of thing churning there that Atlanta United's done pretty well with. But that's all in the attack. The defense right now and, and the goalkeeping situation, granted, you lost Brad Guzan, uh, who, regardless of how we felt about him on this podcast and it probably being time for it to be his last year in Atlanta, was still your best option as a goalkeeper. And yeah. by far, I mean, it's not even close. You so you've found that out. Ugh, you've got Shuttleworth, who got five hold in his uh, last home game, which, oh boy, that was not a great goal to give up. And then, you know, you've got all the fans calling for Rios Novo and, and maybe giving him a chance. But regardless of who you got back there, you don't have a defense that a keeper can rely on in front of him right now. Uh, Alan Franco has, has made far too many mistakes. And I, I think that regardless of who you're putting back there right now, you're just not getting results in terms of keeping enough goals out of the net so you can win some of these games because Atlanta United offensively has done enough probably over the last month, month and a half to be winning these games. They just can't because they, they fold defensively and they give up, you know, goals that shouldn't be going in. You look at the new England game recently and, you know, Atlanta United, looked very good in the attack pressing forward bossing the game kind of handling it how they want to new england didn't have that many chances but took advantage of the two that they did have thanks to the beautiful pass from keel to buxa who again five hold shuttleworth and then the second goal you know you just had uh buxa uh unfortunately uh unmarked by alan franco and and, and able to, to score there as well so Unfortunately, the defense is just really, really not where it needs to be right now. And, and it makes you ask questions tactically what they can do to, to sort of fix it. I mean, Atlanta is not good enough defensively to win games right now. That's that's the the short and sweet of it. And I I, I don't think that what I do love is that uh, Pineda's positivity is. It's 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 good for now. <laughs> At some point, as it continues, the positivity is going to be like, okay, now you just sound like you're just saying it just to say it. But right now, I I'm I'm convinced that he is truly he truly believes that that the positivity helps his team. That the positive that he is uh, genuinely positive about the about the, the the future of this team when it comes to the 2022 season. Um, I it's I, it's funny about the the Shuttleworth conversation because we all know what Shuttleworth is. He's a he's a He's a uh, he's a veteran goalkeeper in MLS. He's he's bounced around from team to team. Uh, at this, he's point, someone to put in between the pipes. That's he, really he, it. Yeah, he's someone. He's competent enough. Uh, I think we all knew that when we knew we were going to get Shuttleworth. And the the Rocco conversation is interesting because he, he's a 19 year old goalkeeper, and at 19 you don't have enough experience to be unless you are a goalkeeping prodigy, which. If he's behind Shuttleworth, I don't think he is. And you don't see uh, goalkeeping prodigies very often. I'm talking about like young, young goalkeepers that come in and like immediately are like the guy and have everything figured out. You just yeah. don't see that. That's why it's a more veteran, older statesman type position. I would be more concerned about Rocco making mistakes, but had the five hole not happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Eric, to your point about his positivity, it's definitely rubbed off on me because I think any past season where we're dead middle of the standings and getting draws, losing leads, I'd probably be really uh, pissed off to be honest, mm -hmm. but I'm in a, I'm in a very good place, honestly, because of <laughs> what we've been discussing with the, the offense clicking with Almada looking 
like the number 10 that MLS so rarely sees. The dude is so smooth on the ball, such a great passer, such a great finisher. And the defense sucks, yeah, um, but you've given the amount of injuries we've had, and of course, Gutman's out now. But, you know, considering all that, and we're still able to pull out these two, two draws, I mean, I, I think we're just going to roll along here until yeah. some of these guys come back and this is the best we can really hope for at this point. Dude, Atlanta United's injury situation is so bad right now. Like, I don't know if all of you have heard of this, but this comes to us from uh, Felipe Cardenas' Twitter account. Uh, 20-year-old Bradley Cross, a U23 player with Newcastle United, was training with Atlanta United yesterday. <laughs> He's a trialist, is what they call it. You know, somebody coming in and see if you, know, you might want to offer him a contract. He walked off injured after a clean 50-50 tackle. Dude doesn't even play for Atlanta United. He's just a trialist. He's, he's Atlanta United adjacent, if you will. And he gets injured the first time he steps I'm surprised on the pitch. we haven't been hurt doing this podcast. I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel, I feel like, you know, I'm surprised. Like, that <laughs> Where do you think we've like, been the last four weeks, man? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Injury, we were all... injury list. Injury list. Uh, no, but so I, I – here's the one thing that, that bugs me about the injury situation is the attack is – the attack looks – as good as it did in 2017, 2018. The shame, the shame of it is, and there's there's other moments across Atlanta sports where this has happened. Uh, if you think of like the Georgia Tech Calvin Johnson years, they wasted the Calvin Johnson years at Georgia oh, yeah. Tech oh, yeah. by by. Well, they not, couldn't get anybody else. Not, That's not really their fault. Not <laughs> utilizing, but he was a special talent. You, you you throw everything you can at him. Georgia UGA has had plenty of of cases where they just they couldn't win national championships. They couldn't win that that you know the the games they needed to to get to wherever they wanted to go. Oh, in that seven season. and twenty twelve for UGA wasted wasted seasons. wasted seasons yeah. in terms of having all this talent. And, and I get the same feeling of this year is that with the defense and uh, being as, as as struggling as much as it has with uh with all these injuries you're looking at a top tier attacking quad and you're even without joseph you're looking at a top tier attacking quad and uh you're not going to get what you probably deserve out of that attacking unit and look it's still early enough in the season you're not even halfway through you're 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 in eighth in the east but what separates you is eight points from the from Philadelphia in the top spot. So it's not like you know everything's all said and done, yeah, not by any stretch tight. of the imagination. But you know you got to figure something out defensively. You you are treading water right now, uh, which was what you hoped you could do uh, with Joseph out. Hopefully he comes back and he's back to the old Joseph, which you know that's a big question mark. But um, some of these other injuries that you're looking, I mean, you look at Gutman who just. I guess getting a sideline for three months or so you can question how these injuries are happening. I think that if you think it's the turf, I think you're, you're just looking for a, for a, for an excuse for a scapegoat. Uh, That's right. I I don't think, I I think something is going on that either wasn't going on before or is unique to these players or these players aren't, there's not an, a, a specific infinite emphasis on whatever it is to prevent these injuries, well, whether it's stretching, whether, whether it's stretching, whether it's, it's uh, strengthening these, these, you know, the, these specific areas where these injuries are occurring, uh, which people think that you can't strengthen joints and, 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 and muscles and, and tendons and stuff like that. You absolutely can. Um, you can do things that will help prevent injuries. I'm not saying they won't happen, but there's a, there's a better chance that if you do things, there's things you can do to help prevent the likelihood of them happening. No, you said uh, doo-doo. Doo-doo. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, so, so anyways, back to my original point is that 
it, it seems as though you're going to get, unless something changes here dramatically, which I hope it does. And I think it can, I think that the defensively, this team is not that far off from it's just it's stupid mistakes it's stupid mistakes at least twice a game and that's the biggest problem i'm having right now you're giving up the biggest problem i'm having it seems like and i i mean the numbers might tell me something different but it feels like you're you're good to give up at least two goals if you're atlanta well i was listening i was listening to the post game uh with uh, mike conti and jason longshore after the new england game and i had plenty of time to do it because i gotta say Atlanta police or whoever who's ever in charge of rerouting traffic after Atlanta United games, <laughs> y'all suck. Y'all are the worst. Like they 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 always like put everybody going the same way. And then like, okay, so really quick aside, I was in like the you know, my lane of traffic, properly like just waiting, waiting, waiting. And people like I looked in my rear view and people moved the cones out of the way. For the other side of traffic, so the opposite side of traffic, and just started driving down the road, and the cops are just standing there not doing anything. I'm like, guys, what? You're letting people drive on the opposite side of the road. Like, you're going to get people killed. So, again, that's why I take Marta, man. This is my. (laughs) Can't die in a car wreck on Marta. Please (laughs) fix getting out and away from the red deck specifically because it is a nightmare. If you're listening, security guy. (laughs) Yes, please. But anyway. I was listening to Jason and Mike uh, Conti on the postgame show, and they were talking about, you know, the defense and the struggles or whatever, and, and people were calling in asking, you know, is it time for Rios Novo? Is it time to maybe put Alan Franco on the bench for a little bit until he can, like, find his form again or whatever? And, you know, Jason was very quick to kind of poo-poo those notions uh, in terms of, like, you know, he mentioned the one save – that uh, Shuttleworth had against New England. And it was, a, it was a good save late in the game, you know, got down quick to keep the ball out to, to preserve uh, the point, if you will. But one little instance like that, I mean, we have enough tape and I have enough on this guy now as an Atlanta United keeper to tell he ain't the guy, you know? I mean, it's just, you know, maybe you need to try something else. And then for Alan Franco, it just seems like for every good thing the guy does, there's like two or three steps back in terms yeah. of like n- not Crazy. marking the right guy or just, just like a brain fart that leads to a goal. It's exactly I was going to say, Eric, Eric yeah, we were giving up two goals a game. One of those you can almost chalk up to Alan Franco losing his mark on a set piece. I yeah, mean, just doing ridiculous. something dumb, yeah. yeah. I, just to be clear, I, I don't know the exact number. I haven't looked it up, but it feels like this team, and it might be different statistically over the course of, you know, 13, 12 matches played, but it feels like right now what they're doing is basically they're good to give up at least two goals a game. So the attack has to score at least two just to get the point. I mean, normally you score two goals in a game and you're coming out, I would say more often than not with, with all three points, probably like 75% of the time. Not, I mean, obviously not every time, but you feel good about your chances if you score two goals. Um, but you're, you're seeing this team just have to come from behind, have to, you know, really work. But the, the thing that, that bothers me is that even though they are giving up, uh, remember in 2017, I, I think the, the way this team was described was, look, we're going to score a lot of goals. We're going to give up a lot of goals. You're going to see a lot of four two type of games, but that's how we're going to win those games. And I'm like, okay, that's the mentality. I feel like it should kind of encompass the 2022 season for Atlanta United. The problem is, is that as good as this attack has been, uh, they're still missing on a lot of shots. They're still Finishing missing. Is the big they're still missing on and a lot of opportunities. And that's where Joseph comes in. If, if he comes back, uh, like I'm not, I'm not optimistic at this point. <laughs> I'm just saying, if he comes back looking pretty solid, 
maybe we bumped that up to three again, but yeah, it, it's the, it's the finishing. It's, it's been a problem all season. Not necessarily I, because I mean, I, and hopefully I'm not alone on this, but it just feels like uh, as good as they have been in creating the chances, it's that last touch. It's that, 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 the last know, little the, bit of quality, the, the, the yeah. clinical finishing that's just missing from this, from this attacking group um, that leads you to think that, man, it, it, it wouldn't be that bad. If you know, funny enough if we could score two two three four goals a game yeah why aren't you scoring three four <laughs> goals a game man but they're creating it you know that comes it sounds weird to say that but they're creating enough chances that they could be winning these games four two four three stuff like that and yeah they could have had four or five against more, new england with more points yeah I, I it sounds selfish to say but the way that this this season looks like it's panning out is that that's what it will take for uh for atlanta united to have a you know what we'll call a productive season. Uh, right now, they've got a goal differential of one. They've scored one more goal than their opponents, uh, and it's just it's it's got to be better. Look, four wins, four draws, four losses. It, it's it, at least everything you're saying right is middle, middle of the table. Every, yeah, that, it, exactly what 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 Payson was saying earlier. Like you're middle of the road in terms of goal difference, or you're middle of the road in terms of the East. You're middle of the road in terms of your results. I mean, this team right now, it, it, it's almost like like the scales are balanced because on offense, you're really high up here on defense. You're really low down here. So it kind of evens itself out to you just being somewhat of a mediocre team. And then one thing about Joseph too, I think, you know, this is another thing they were talking about on the post game. Somebody called in or emailed in or whatever with a question, like they, they were a little curious as to, you know, do you, wreck team Kim wreck was the wrong word but they say is bringing Joseph back and just inserting him right into the lineup is that going to ruin the chemistry that your attack is sort of built right now and Jason had a kind of a funny quip to it where he was just like look they're playing well right now but there's no world where Ronaldo Cisneros is keeping a healthy Joseph Martinez on the bench yeah well define healthy because if it's healthy that's that's the if healthy means if healthy means that his knee is good enough to play on fine but if you're talking about so, – so what I would like to see is – Well, how short of a leash did Joseph get? Like when he comes back, like does Atlanta – if he's not scoring goals, uh, if it does look like he's gumming up the works a little bit with his play, especially because of this great attacking play yeah. we've seen from the team recently, you know, do, do you give it a few games? And if Joseph isn't doing anything, do you just maybe kind of say, hey, we're going to go back and use you as kind of like a super sub? I know that sounds crazy to say, but ultimately this is you the results yeah. business. You don't you don't want to give him the Tito treatment. You, you want to you definitely you don't want to bring it back slowly. So what I would do if I'm if I'm Pineda now, this is outside looking in. I don't know the the details of of exactly what's going on with Joseph. And uh so again, keep that in mind. But traditional like 15 minutes in the first match, he's back at the end of the game. Um, and then you just slowly extend that timeout so that the next match he gets 30 minutes. Then maybe he plays a full second half, uh, second half. Um, and then you see kind of us, you get to that point where he's playing a full second half, a full half. Um, and you assess then, um, you know, you're not going to hurt yourself by giving him an ex, you know, 10 minutes in, in, in the first match back 15 minutes in the next match, 20 minutes, in the next match and 30 in the, you know, so on and so forth. You're not going to hurt yourself by doing that. Um, if you start him right away, the chemistry's not there. You don't have, you haven't, you haven't, you know, who knows where he's at fitness wise. Um, I don't think you play him just for the sake of playing him because he's healthy. I also don't think that I, there's nothing about Joseph in 2022 that gives me the confidence that you insert him and 
uh, and and it, everything's you know the the ship the ship is right, you know everything's been corrected. There's nothing about that about Joseph in 2022 that tell that gives me that sense. Um, I still think that Joseph has to prove not only to the fan base but to himself that he still got it. I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not gonna say this. Shoot, it's more I, importantly figuring it out for himself than right. for the fan base. You it, know, nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I look knee injuries are, are are weird, and it seems like his knee injury in particular has 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 taken quite the physical and mental pro- in all likelihood. Well, definitely mental because if you talked about retiring, definitely t- has taken a mental toll to the fact to the point where he is you know where he's thinking about calling it quits. You know, he still needs to prove to himself that he is that old player, uh, you know, the old Joseph that we knew and. Uh, if we can get him there, then I have that confidence until we get there. I don't know that, that I don't know that there is a such, such thing as a healthy Joseph. I don't know that that exists anymore until, until he proves it over the course of the rest of the season. The mental block is just as much a part of healthy Joseph as anything. We won't see, we won't know if we have healthy Joseph until 2023. And it's That's because fair. it'll take the, the full rest of the season to see how he plays out, to see how that knee holds up, to see, you know, mentally how he's doing, to see how the chemistry kind of built around him, to see, you know, because if he's back to his old self, then, yeah, this team is going to be freaking amazing. Uh, but until that happens, I don't, I, don't, I don't see Joseph as an automatic plug-and-play as soon as he's back to being healthy. With all due respect to Jason Longshore, uh, I, I just don't see I, – I don't – I'm not I'm – not, I'm not as confident as he is. Here's a question I've, I've kind of been noodling over the past few weeks. And uh, again, our apologies for being uh, less than uh, what's the word here? Consistent with our Life happens, testing. Man. Life happens. Hey. Work, work takes evidence precedence. Appears. We've, we've all had issues. Work takes priority. Payson's been to Spain and Boston and everywhere else over the past however long. And, you know, we're, we're all doing our thing. But anyway, um, I think when you look at this team and you look at the way they've been playing recently, uh, especially with Luis Araujo and, and when they had him kind of as the nine, could you play Joseph as a center forward off Luis Araujo being the main striker up top? I mean, I think that would give you a little bit more of someone who's ready instinctually and with that sort of don't think act approach that you need as a striker. I think Araujo is way more capable of doing that right now than Joseph, because again, we talked about Joseph hesitancy. Uh, you know, with, with the knee and, and, you know, I'm sure he'll have a spell here where it is going to be a little inconsistent. So I, I think it's something worth exploring at least. Good question. I, uh, I wonder too, to Eric's point, I, I really love the idea of bringing him in late in games when either Ronaldo or Araujo has already tired out the center backs a lot. Having Joseph go against like fit 90 minute guys, right. You know, right from the yeah. start would be a nightmare. But if he gets builds that confidence playing against guys who are tired in the last twenty, get him get him one or two goals. Maybe just something clicks in his mind and he returns to his old self. But I don't know. Maybe you want to. Uh, and I like how Ronaldo's. I mean, he's obviously he's not pure finisher that we need, but his uh, he's making good runs. He's tire. I think tiring out the back line, creating space for his his teammates. But damn, man, I Look, he's the I, he's the. He's the shuttle worth to, to, to Joseph Martinez. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Maybe, maybe slightly better, but you he's, know what a, I mean? he's like, a off-brand Ronaldo. He's like Kroger brand Rice Krispies. Kirkland brand Ronaldo. He's a, he's a, he's a pseudo, <laughs> he's a, I will say he's a capable, uh, he's a capable player when it comes to backing up Joseph. I think he is fine. 
if Joseph doesn't come back, I'm, I, I still believe in this attack enough that, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, it, 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 I still believe in, in, in everything this attack is doing, even with Ronaldo to think that, you know, they can still make something productive out of the season. I don't think that he's, you know, Joseph or not, I don't think that Ronaldo is the reason that we're not going to, you know, go far this year or anything like that. I think he's doing fine. Is he going to make his mistake? Sure. But um, I think, so getting back to the Joseph thing real quick, I think the best bet is, is to, to try to play him against teams that are going to, are going to play. If, if the team's going to sit gonna back, park the bus, yeah, yeah. If a team's clearly going to sit back that's or that's their, that's their kind of, that's their kind of, uh, that, that's their form as of late. That's yeah, Joseph that's their tactical strategy yeah. as of late. Then there's no point in playing Joseph. If you can find a way to stretch teams out, then Joseph becomes Joseph becomes even more potent. And that's where I think uh, he is a much better player than 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 Ronaldo because he Joseph is the one who is able to excel in those in those opportunities. Um, Ronaldo seems like much more of a you know, he can, he is, he seems like the player that can maybe help. Maybe I'm not saying this right, but he seems like the player that can maybe help is better suited for teams that are, that are maybe more parked, parking the bus that are maybe more defensively minded that are more uh, that are less inclined to kind of open up some space, you know, in the box or allow space to be opened up in the box. He's got a more physical presence to him. He's able to maybe body people a little bit better than Joseph would, um, you know, stuff like that. I, my hope is that that that's what happens that all of a sudden, because that's what we've seen lately. We've seen that this team is able to kind of stretch teams out a little bit. Um, and it's helped in that chance creation department. Now the final product that, again, that's where, that's where everything seems to be linked because I, I again, I'm going to say this probably until the end of the season. I don't expect defensively that Atlanta is going to get better. I think that Atlanta is going to have to outscore all of their opponents. Uh, now, what do we do? Maybe we bring someone in in the transfer window to strengthen that back line. I don't know. The problem is uh, it's not going to be anyone that I think is going to have a super more big impact yeah. just because, you know, your your money and your slots and all that stuff are pretty full. So, you know, there is an issue of who are you going to bring in that's actually capable of having that Look, kind of an impact honestly, unless you make a trade. Honestly, right now you just need bodies. Because yeah. right now, bodies, you got dropping. Doing it. everyone's <laughs> dropping. <laughs> dropping like so they're on just, the wire. You just need. Was it you, Payson, that made the joke that they're about to have a the America Family Insurance tryout? Just yeah, to, just to be able to dream It's funny because I saw guys are the MVPs. Of the I saw season. somebody post a picture of like all the injured players on one like golf cart type thing at practice the other day. <laughs> they posted the extended golf cart. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, because it was like Brad Guzan and a couple other guys were in shadow. And then, yeah, I think I saw, like you said, another picture that was like fixed it for you. And it was like a whole added like truck bed onto the back of the golf cart. There was a, a there was a tweet that I actually asked, is this real? Because they compare the Atlanta United injuries uh, history. And it's a it's a well done graphic. And look, I, I can't verify how accurate this is, uh, but you look at the difference between 2017, 2018, and 2018 was pretty bad. 2021, <clears throat> 2021 was was also not great. But in 2021, it was uh, you lost Hyman for the season. But then it was a bunch of like two week injuries. 
three week injuries. Not that crazy when it comes Have to those I mean, were Barco with, you know, lower body <laughs> extremity, whatever yeah, uh, he used to get chopped down every five seconds. But that's, that's, that's what we saw. We saw, um, you know, I, I'm just going to list off last year's elbow for two weeks, lower body. So, so lower body, two weeks, Franco, lower body, two weeks, uh, Jurgen dam doesn't even matter, but three weeks, uh, Joseto lower body, Ooh. three weeks, like <laughs> you know, Abara, two weeks. look, you can, you can, it's not like these were all happening at the same time either. You compare all of these injuries to three months into 2022. And it's Araujo with a hamstring for four weeks, Mulraney with the leg for, what does that say? I can't read that. Uh, oh, I think it's a couple of days. I don't know. I can't. Lennon for four days. Uh, Martinez for four to six weeks. Guzan for the season. Alonzo for the season. Um, I forgot about Alonzo. For Alonzo, that's a, that. Oh my god, that's you such had, a bad you had the other. You had the other Achilles to the goal. You could really use I, him I right now. I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Joseto with the hamstring for two to four weeks. Uh, Chol with a leg for oh, to be determined. That's what it probably says in the other one. Um, there's so many injuries, Eric. I, I don't even, I barely remember them all. Campbell with an abductor to be determined. And abductors are those, those suck because I mean, I'll be honest. Feel, uh, abductors are the ones I think abductors are the ones where you feel fine on a day to day basis, but you go to kick a ball and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the ones players hate because they never yeah. heal up. I mean, I've got a question, uh, like head of communications, Chris Winkler, right in the press box last week. Is, Hold is on. he hurt? I'm still not done. Soso with the lower body for two weeks. Wiley with the lower body for two weeks. Dwyer with the tunnel. leg for three weeks. Wiley for the second time with the ankle for two weeks. Robinson, obviously, with Achilles. Gutman with the quad. Like, I'm like, what the yeah, is going it, it, on? It's unreal. <laughs> it, this isn't coincidence. Like, there's no way possible that this can be coincidence at this point. Like, the first few you see it, and you're like, damn, that sucks, whatever. But it keeps happening. I mean, yeah. And, and Maybe you, with obviously, Guzan, that's well, coincidence. But <laughs> yeah, but, you, but that. that's the thing. You keep racking your brain as to what could be causing this. And I know that we're all, you know, playing physical therapists on the radio here or whatever you want to call it. Uh, all my really information is based anymore. off knees over toes, guys. So Okay. Well, thank podcast, you for una, po- podcast unofficially sponsored by knees over toes guy. Uh, no, I, I kid you not. I want that guy to go into the Atlanta United front office for like 10 minutes and just, just hey, like, listen, hey, y'all are doing here's what you can do to help. I'm not saying it's going to prevent injury. I don't think he even claims it's going to prevent injury, but it definitely will help strengthen these areas where clearly this team is weak. Yeah, like, I got something I mean, funny to tell you yeah. when we're when you turn 40 and you start doing like me and you start doing searches every week. Why does this hurt? You start getting <laughs> Instagram ads. 40? For, 40? That starts at 30, man. No, I know. You get Instagram ads like how to become a better stretcher. And, you know, and all my Instagram feed is how to be more flexible, how not to get hurt. And like 30 magic job. supplements. Yeah. we Hey, <laughs> magic blue pills. Yes. The, uh, but yeah, Atlanta United could really use some of these Instagram influencers to get in there, stretch them out real good. It's not, uh, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. Like if nothing else, the information is going to make you think, okay, well maybe let's go down this road and see if maybe there's Atlanta United hire the schmuck off of TikTok. <laughs> over here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this guy knows what he's look, doing. He look, gets views. Here's what's going to happen though. The, the curse of injuries or whatever is going to end. They're going to hire some, one of these guys, all of a sudden this guy's going to be all, all hopped up on the fact that he saved Atlanta United. Atlanta United, Atlanta United <laughs> and season. you know what? I'm going to buy and It's going to be just a, yeah. a coincidence. It's going to be a coincidence that the curse ended of, of these injuries. And then he happened to show up like the day before. And uh, I no, got but- two words for y'all. All right. DDP yoga, former wrestler, <laughs> diamond Dallas page has his own yoga program. Now it's, it's, it's saving a lot of older wrestlers, the prime years at the end of their career. 
DDP yoga. Get it done. Hey, he's right up there in Marietta anyway. Amen. So you're right next to the training facility. Learn to how to body it. slam and downward dog. It's That's not right. going to hurt. That's for sure. It's like there's. I convinced that there's nothing they can do that would make this worse. But I just gave it Lena with the, kiss, the kiss of death with with that phrase. Hire this schmuck off TikTok. That's our that's <laughs> our number one uh, piece of advice for Atlanta. the one thing. So the one thing I don't know is how. Uh, I mean, this injury situation is bad. I don't think there's a team. Uh, there's a comparable. There's a team in MLS right now that that compares in terms of the injury situation with Atlanta United. But I do wonder historically when teams have like this kind of a year where they just have these injuries uh how it fares amongst those those uh lists of injuries if you will like every now and then you know teams just teams in sports will have years where like everyone gets injured uh i've never heard about it being this bad like even at even the worst cases across all sports i've never heard of you know three achilles tears two acls uh two acls no just one acl um but like enough season-long injuries to make you think oh my gosh this year has been an absolute disaster and we have we haven't even gotten through the midway point well there's not even with that many involved though games right i mean we're not so we got knocked out of the open cup uh i mean we're not having midweek games constantly that it's something I kind of, uh, you know, would which think. is why, which is why I go back to thinking it's, 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 it's something happening in training, something happening or not happening in training in the sense that either there, either there's no focus in, in, it's going to sound elementary to say this, but either there's no, so just bear with me. Like I'm not, I know these are professional athletes, but these, there's, there's not a focus in, in, in stretching or uh, prehab or, or, post-game yeah, whatevers great. or something I, I i know that sounds like i know someone's in there being like are you kidding me man they're professional athletes like you don't think they're stretching you don't think they're i'm like i think they're stretching how well they're stretching i don't know i'm looking at the the injury situation and i'm thinking something something different is happening this can't all be luck i don't think it's the turf either because that half these injuries more than half these injuries i think have not happened on turf i also uh i also don't think that it's not like these players are complaining that the turf is moving from under them. So it can't be that. Uh, I, I just, I don't think that that's the, I don't think turf has anything to do with it. Well, look, um, luck definitely has to have something to do with it. There's no question because you look at the year that the Falcons made the Super Bowl, every single game, they had the same offensive line play. Do you know how like unheard of that yeah, is in terms yeah, yeah. of like not having those injuries? So look, of course, a little bit of luck has to be involved, but it also takes me back to, you know, the Tata Martino era when we all know, Training sessions were a lot looser. You know, there wasn't as stringent of, of guidelines and things like that. And Atlanta United didn't suffer near as many injuries back then as it seems that they do now. So there's something to be said for playing loose versus playing tight. So is this team just playing too tight? You know what I mean? Because they always say that if, if you're tight, you're not loose, you're not, you know, just, just kind of ready to play, ready to whatever – that you could be hurt. What's the old saying? Like if you play and going into a game thinking you could get hurt, you're probably going to get hurt. So maybe there's just a little tightness and that could be mentally as well, but that could be causing more injuries because the team possibly is, isn't playing as loose as we've seen them play in the past. Yeah. I, so looking at Gutman going down for three months, apparently, uh, Dear God, I like I, that he was, he was the outside of the, the attacking, the attacking f- four that we have. I think a lot of people would be like tacking three, but I'm going to include, I'm going to include whoever's playing up top, which usually is Ronaldo. 
Um, because I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's going to add to it. He is adding to it. Um, but Gutman was kind of outside of that. One of the, obviously there's, there's a, there's a level of effort there that is kind of at least visibly not matched by many on the team. I'm not saying that they're not playing with effort, the other people on the team, but at least it just looks like Gutman is playing with like that extra, extra level. He had, he had a quote the other day where he said, if we had a beep test, you know, the fitness test in soccer, he oh, would he'd win. win. Yeah. yeah. And it's true. He's, yeah. He's that kind of player. Like I, and I, I, I'm not, yeah, again, I'm not saying that other players aren't playing with, with as much effort as he is, but it just looks like he's playing with more. Um, Basically, just gave me with, an idea. I think they need to do the presidential fitness test. That's what they need everyone, to do to get back. Oh, please. No, I can never do a pull-up. It was just the most embarrassing week period yeah, of my life. Yeah. More than anything, that might have been good for kids' physical health, but it was very horrible for most of our mental health, getting <laughs> laughed at by all of our classmates for not being able to do a pull-up. Yeah. Not, no pull-ups, no flexibility. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Lost your train of thought. Gutman. Gutman, yeah. I mean – that I think that is unreplaceable uh, with how irreplaceable. The team irreplaceable with how the team currently stands. But I also wonder who practically you put in that position. And then does the overall production of this team, the attacking production, at least does that go down a bit because you've lost a key figure of kind of that left flank. Oh, 100%. You're going to yeah. lose some attacking prowess or whatever you want to call it because Gutman has just done such a good job of really being the agitator. You know, like he's a guy who just does such a good job of kind of mucking up the other team system, if you will, because of his ability to kind of just be everywhere. And, and that's something that, you know, he is uh, brought to this team and, and not having it, I think, is going to affect you, not just, you know, in, in the scoring and in the attack and going forward, but it's also going to affect you the other way because that dude would track back really well. He felt like a like the closest thing we've seen to like a like a Julian Gressel since Julian Gressel left on that left side. I, I mm-hmm. you know, not as not as effective, maybe, if you will, but you also had a different Joseph. You had a you know, you had an Almiron, whatever. Amazing how many the, things the, with Atlanta United go back to. Well, they had Miguel on. Yeah, right. No, you know they had Miguel on <laughs> and a healthy Joseph. Oh, special players, you know. Um, but no, it's uh, you know it's the first time you had you've had someone that that kind of gave off that same sort of energy, um, and got up into the attack and and like you said, Sam was the agitator, was able to kind of create things even if they didn't look pretty. They you know he was able to create. I think I think Russell, you can make an argument he made things look prettier, but. Uh, it doesn't make it look pretty sometimes, but you know, he's, he's, he's putting his team in a position. He's doing everything he can to put his team in a position to win. I think, I think that's, that's obvious how you replace that. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you can. I um, think Ronald Hernandez is okay, but you're right. There's, there's no replacing Gutman's ability to get up, get numbers on the offense, win uh, free kicks in dangerous spots, um, get back, with constant buzzing up and down the sideline, mm-hmm. just not replaceable. And I worry, yeah, I do worry that the attack gets a little more stagnant because you know, you, as a defender, you don't want to, you don't, you're worrying about the the four Atlanta attackers, and all of a sudden Gutman's coming down the line at you. You gotta, you gotta make a decision. Now you're not gonna have to make that decision. Maybe Ahmad is not open this time. Um, so we'll have again. Maybe the offensive production goes down a little bit because he was the breakout star for me. Plus. His leadership, everyone mm-hmm. talks, you know, seemed to really love the guy, was very vocal on the field. 
was almost the de facto captain once Goose went down. So, and I know Rosetto had the armband, and I think he's been playing uh, pretty well uh, in recent days. But Gutman's, uh, we say this about every injury, but this one, this one hurts. <laughs> it's real bad. Look, I, I know that a lot of the numbers nerds aren't going to, you know, take this part of it like into account, but I mean, the intangibles that do provide, it's kind of like what Payson was saying, man, the leadership, the mentality that he approached the game with, like you've got to appreciate a player who's on a team that has been struggling like Atlanta United has that doesn't change their approach to the game at all. Like regardless of what's going on on the field around them, regardless of the team, that dude is going to play his game regardless. And that is a breath of fresh air. And I think it really does rub off on the rest of your teammates around you because quite frankly, if the coach is like, Hey, this guy's still busting his balls and giving his all for the team. And you guys, Alan Franco <clears throat> are just standing there and letting guys score goals behind you. You know, like it's, it's just one of those things where, that is going to be as big of a thing that's missing from Atlanta United as anything Gutman provided you in terms of actual statistical things that you can point to in the stat sheet. You know, he's going to give you way more than that. And when you lose that, yeah, I, I just think that with as many injuries as Atlanta United has had, this is one of the worst and quite frankly, the worst timed because of the way Atlanta United had been progressing in the attack. And a lot of that was because of Gutman and where he was on the field at all times. So you lose that. And yeah, Atlanta United is, is going to be even with, you know, getting Joseph back soon and kind of the rest of the team starting to play because the chemistry is developing in the attack. There's no question about it, but this is going to hurt that even like losing Gutman is going to hurt that chemistry in the attack because you're not going to have that guy who as Payson was saying was up there trying to win you free kicks. And like we all are saying, we're just the guy that's going to disrupt the other team. And if you don't have that, yeah, it's going to hurt for a little while. In 2020, you had a situation where, uh, you know, the team wasn't playing well, you, you were going through the COVID stuff and all of a sudden you had Gallagher, a, a kid, no one really expected much of, and he stepped up big and uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping for when it comes to all these injuries, that someone steps up. You see it a little bit with Caleb Wiley. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another good example. Ronaldo to an extent, but you brought him here specifically for that. Um, at least for now, he's been fine. I'm not saying he's, you know, he needs to be consistent, but uh, I'm trying to think who, like, there's no one else that's really stepped up in that sense, right? Benwin Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, you hope that, someone can find a way to uh to to kind of fill that alex DeJohn, for example i'm I, yeah I mean, he's more of a veteran but he might be a guy that can really kind of step up and and be a defensive presence in, in the absence of miles robinson um i'm trying to think who else there's, there's really no one else that i can think of but that's the thing because it's rare you don't really it, have yeah, right it these is instances where you'll get a player who you're not expecting a whole lot from or whatever jump in and play a meaningful role for a team but atlanta united has given us plenty of opportunities to find it because of the injury well ronald hernandez for example hasn't we haven't seen him play much this would be a great opportunity for him to step up and you know kind of show what he can do you know i think emil Assad might be a case where you can kind of i mean a little different because it was uh, Atlanta united's first team we didn't yeah. really know but he quite frankly in the early part of Atlanta United almost made more of an impression than the, the three DPs 
that you had, yeah. at least in the first like few games. It wasn't a season long thing because obviously Joseph stepped in and started playing really well. Almiron blew the doors off of it his first season. And, and Tito also had a, a good first year. So, yeah. you know, you, you had a case where Yumil Assad was sort of just a guy you had on the roster who ended up looking a lot better than I think you were anticipating. And all credit there, of course, yeah. goes to Tata Martino. <laughs> um, do you want to hear about some financials? Ooh, financials. I like financials. Are you, does that mean you're going to be giving us financials? Who are you curious makes – who whose salary are you curious about on this team? I was going to say Heinemann, but we already know. I was going to say Heinemann. So yeah, we already know his. <laughs> Too high. His – his oh, even with the, you know, almost $250,000 he's basically given back, the cut he, he's, he's made, not given back. The cut and okay. Anyways, Heinemann is making six hundred and fifty-seven thousand uh, dollars. That's a two hundred forty-two, almost two hundred forty-three thousand uh, dollar cut from, I assume, last year. That is a whopping um, salary. <clears throat> let me think. Franco Barro, forty-four hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. Alan Franco is a good one. Brooks Lennon, and here's here's a I, this one comes from Dirty South Soccer. You you can find all this on Dirty South Soccer. Uh, but I'm looking at Brooks Lennon, and that should be – that was essentially the replacement for Julian Gressel, and we're talking about a $500,000 salary for him, mm. which, which I don't know what Julian Gressel was looking for. I don't think – I think Julian Gressel is probably looking for a lot more. But I think Gressel's problem was he just – once he left Atlanta, he lost it. <laughs> like it was – for both oh. parties, it was bad. I mean, you know, Atlanta wasn't getting the same production in the attack uh, that they were getting with Gressel on the team, and Gressel went to D.C. and you know, kind of just got lost. Well, I mean, we, we've already talked, we've already touched on it, so we don't have to like dive into it. But he lost no. Almiron, and then uh... it's amazing what happens when good <laughs> players are around you. You know, he lost Almiron, and then when he obviously leaves Atlanta United, he loses Joseph. So you know, did it, he play you... with Wayne Rooney, or was Wayne Rooney already gone? Uh, I guess Rooney was probably already season. gone. Yeah. Nah. Almada with $1.6 million in, in base. Uh, let's see. Araujo, 3.6 uh, million. Uh, we're still Both of Eze- those guys are worth it. I don't know how much of Ezekiel Barco's contract we're paying, but he's making $2.2 million. Um, Let's see. Other notables. Ronald, Ronaldo Cisnero, uh, $244,000. Not bad. Go get yeah. your money, kid. That's, <laughs> That's pretty good. Working my goals and Alan Franco five hundred forty thousand dollars. No, uh, yeah, that 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 one might be worse than Heinemann right now, just because again, Alan well, Franco remember, has showed you moments where he's been good. Alan Franco. Right now, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying right now with Alan Franco, you're just you're not getting near enough the consistency for him to be quite you know making as much money as he's making. And, and he's forgive not me, playing up to that contract. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but he was the he was a DP at one point, right? He was a DP they yeah. bought down. I, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, Andrew Gutman, three hundred thousand dollars. Brad Guzan took a three three hundred forty six thousand dollar pay cut and is getting paid four hundred forty five thousand, almost four hundred forty six. Um, uh, Ronald Fernandez, three hundred thousand dollars. Franco Varo, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Brooks Lennon, five hundred thousand. Oh, we already did that one. Eric Lopez. This is the one that kind of surprised me. I don't really know why they're paying him this much, but three hundred sixty thousand dollars. Joseph Martinez, three point seven, with a total compensation of four point one. 
Um, let's see. <laughs> here's what is the, shuttle worth look, making? <laughs> here's the steal. Here's the steal of the century. Uh, Moreno is making four hundred sixty thousand dollars. You Pretty can make a, you can make a case he deserves more. Um, He's sort of been the least consistent of the attack, I would say, though. Yeah, for sure. Definitely earned um, his money, but yeah, I, I mean. think so too. Yeah, I think earned his money, but yeah, you're right. He, you know, room for improvement, if you will. Miles um, Robinson, seven hundred thousand dollars, which. Uh, when he's when he's healthy and playing well, that is perfect. It's a bargain. Fine. Yep. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Hosetu, uh, $550,000. Um, worth making $125,000, which I'm like, goodness, that's a hundred thousand dollars too much. I know that 25,000 <laughs> is so less. Mean. I know uh. the 25,000 is less than the minimum salary, <laughs> but an exception should be made. Uh, Santiago Sosa, $525,000. And uh, here's so this one is a weird one because here's I, one that. Sorry, he's sorry, just, I, I don't know when he's ever going to come back. He seems to be off and on. Like you said, needs those Instagram influencers to give him some stretching time. <laughs> this is one of those moments where I'm like, you know, sports is unfair. Caleb Wiley, who I think has been far more effective and, and there's, there's more potential there, is making $65,000, $65,500. Tyler Wolf, on the other hand, who we've seen, we've seen sparingly, and I think has made less of a of a of a real impact, one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Because his dad's a coach in the league, man. I mean, He's I don't want to talk about. This is, yeah, this is the unfair part of the homegrown system. Like when you you get yeah. paid this this little, even though you're a great prospect, you kind of get stuck on these low salaries for a few years, with the okay. hope that you uh, kind of develop and get sold for big money. But uh, here's another. Here's a crazy little note, if you will. The guaranteed compensation for uh, Alonzo was $322,000 last year. So to play for Atlanta, he took a massive pay cut because he's getting paid $84,000 now. Um, took a that massive like pay cut. probably to... some allocation money somewhere in there. That uh, see, down so, yeah, that's, number, that's, that's the other thing. I'm not sure exactly how that worked. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> this is the base, the, 20, the, the base salary. So I don't know if. And expectations that on or... that pickup felt very low at the time. But then he turned sure. out to be yeah, for, for sure. an incredible sure. presence in our midfield. So I'm trying to think. Or like else... two games. <laughs> who else has a massive like drop yeah. off? Alan Franco took a it looks like took a pay cut, or maybe that's just how his contract was structured of $162,000. Uh yeah, well, that one seems more like a structuring thing. We all know. Oh no, that was a bump in pay. I'm sorry. No. Nah. So, well, me. again, waste of money. <laughs> No, yeah, Alan Franco. Yeah, Alan Franco. Okay, so uh, sorry. We kind of talked crap about Brooks Lennon, but he got a bump in pay of $125,000. So he was at $375,000 last year, got bumped up to $500,000. So if you look at what you got him for initially, $375,000, do you think that was, uh, I will say, Brooks Lennon, or sorry, uh, Julian Gressel was looking for a lot more than 300000 $375,000. Brooks Lennon's biggest issue is like he's, you know, can do a lot of the same things that Gressel did, you know, getting down the flank. Mm. His service, his final ball just isn't nearly as good as Gressel's. And I don't know if that's because there's not the same connection with Joseph that Gressel had with Joseph, yeah. or if it's just that he's not as good at, you know, putting in that, that final ball. But that's the biggest difference between yeah. those two, in my opinion. Also, just another little note we were talking a little smack about tyler wolf making as much as he does he was last year at seventy nine thousand five hundred dollars which that compared to caleb wiley sixty five thousand that's at least more even and i guess in the last year has gotten a bump of 35 grand so that's what pushed him up to 110 
Sports are weird because um, in every so, other profession, yeah, so you I, earn more money by improving your job performance. For like a sports contract, you know, just based on the way that they break them up or whatever, it's like Tyler Wolf, who is very possible is playing less this season than he was last mm-hmm. season uh, <laughs> and is making more money. So, yes. The, the only reason I bring this up is because someone on – because Dirty, Dirty South Soccer, you know, put all these numbers out there and someone under – the Lennon one was, so this is the money that this is, so they are paying Lennon the money that they wouldn't pay Gressel. It's not really fair to look at Lennon and be like, Oh, they're paying him $5,500 because originally they weren't. And he earned, you know, or, or that's how the contract was structured where he would get more if he met certain benchmarks or whatever. I, who knows how that works or how they structured it. But initially that's not what they paid him. They didn't pay him $500,000 that they didn't want to pay Gressel. That's not, how that worked well look this version of lennon ain't worth that money this current version of julian gressel also ain't worth that money so uh, he, sure would, okay but was he worth that money you're saying that did he earn it like because of the way he had played or yeah before the season <sighs> did he earn it did he get to that point because look a lot has gone i would on. say probably i mean again lot, we talked about this ad nauseum though when it hindsight, happened like, hindsight they, for they, sure yeah, of course because of all the other mistakes we've made too i mean with, with oh. all these uh, Jurgen was- Dom and all those guys. I mean, all that. But money when this happened, we were Gressel. saying this though. We were saying that that they're kind of doing Gressel dirty, particularly with you know Carlos Bocanegra supposedly had been saying like, yeah, we're going to take care of you, and then they didn't do it. So yeah, I mean, and all, with all that context behind it, yeah, Gressel deserved that. And just because of the sentimental value you get from a player like that, who was a big impact on a championship team. Yeah, I mean, for fans' sake and all that stuff, sure, you'd want him back over Lennon if they're both going to be about the same player, which, quite frankly, they probably I, are right now. There's not much of a difference. Actually, we should probably look up what he's making now. But I don't know that – I don't think that he was looking for 500 I think he was looking for more than like the $750,000. I remember the conversation at the time was that Gressel was not worth the money he was asking, mainly because you lost yeah. – you lost uh, – you, you were losing one of the centerpieces that – yeah, he's he's that, around that was getting you the ball. Yeah, that's right. Um, so and keep in mind, that's not so. Think about it this way: Brooks Lennon, when you signed him, was at three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. That's probably what you would be okay paying Gressel if Gressel was willing to stay for that much. Gressel was obviously looking for money. I don't fault him for doing that. Go get paid. Your careers are always short, no matter how long you think they're going to last. Um, even if they last a long time, they're still short. Um, Neither player is worth the contract they're getting right now. I think that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with you. Um, but which is why I say go get your money because you never know what circumstances right. change and all that stuff. But it's not. You it's might not start to say, sucking. Here's here's the the short of it. Uh, Gressel wanted about seventy five hundred seventy five hundred thousand dollars. Seventy five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh and I, when i said it i knew i said it wrong seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and um brooks lennon was paid three hundred seventy five uh thousand dollars so that's a massive difference i know he's getting paid five hundred thousand dollars now but it's a massive difference in uh it so that statement of from whoever's replying to this tweet from dirty south soccer is wrong that's not the money they didn't want to give gressel the money they didn't they the money they didn't want to give gressel was an extra five hundred thousand dollars from the three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars that they paid Lennon. Yeah, so, so good piece of business for Atlanta United in terms of getting think, a player when you look yeah. at the production of the two players since that move has been made, yeah, that was a good piece of business by Atlanta United because the production's been pretty close to the same, essentially none, unfortunately. 
and uh, you're getting, you know, obviously more financial flexibility because you're not paying one player that much money. I don't think any of these contracts are all that outrageous, though. I mean, the only one that's kind of outrageous is the Hyman one. But even that, since he's been dropped from $900,000, it's not that, I mean... It's a yeah, lot. And I think for we've someone cut that's not some of that dead weight that that was really. It, none uh, of these contracts were... are yeah. None of these contracts are that crazy. I mean, uh, and I th- and I think uh, the, let me look through know, it again. We were we were definitely needing a big hit, and Almada has been that that guy mm-hmm. for, for sure. sure. Definitely look, hit a home at, run yeah, with that one. You look at the DPS in Almada and and uh, Aruju right now, and they're definitely worth the money. Um, obviously. Joseph, a healthy Joseph is worth the money, but he's not healthy now. And, uh, you know, and Gareth Bale's going to be worth the money, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. Josetu might not be worth almost half a million dollars. Um, I think the book's still out on that one. Probably, yeah, same. Though. But that, I mean, that might be good. that might be the only one that you think, you know, maybe not worth it. Maybe so, no, Sosa's worth five hundred thousand, five hundred twenty-five. Uh, but I, I think we're debating at the margins. I mean, I, like oh, for sure, for yeah, sure. Like yeah, last, yeah, the last two seasons, sure. I think we were really the cries of Boca out were probably loudest because of all the mistakes. Yeah, the front the, office I, I, I'm not. None of these, none of these contracts are all that that crazy to me. Um, I don't know how much we're still other playing. than the fact that none of the a lot of the players aren't playing up to them. But yeah, I would, yeah, I would say like, that money wise, they're right. not outrageous. Yeah, if if Hyman were still on nine hundred thousand dollars a year. Burning pitchforks. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that would be the one that I would pick, but he's taking a pay cut and, or it's just how his his or or yeah, or it's just how it's structured. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, something like that. Well, yeah. So those are the contracts. Um, feel free to debate us. I'm not going to fight you on it, but because <laughs> I, I don't. I, I mean, you can make arguments either way for some of these players, but you know. You know what I would like to say, you know, as it seems like we're sort of uh, grinding to a halt here on this episode of the Mouths of the South. Uh, I did want to bring this up just just a little bit because, you know, Dom Dwyer and Alan Franco got into it uh, during practice the other day. And it, it wasn't anything. It was just, you know, teammates, you know, having a hard practice and then kind of getting into it. But Dom Dwyer, if you guys will remember, I said uh, five goals for the season. He's already got three. I'm just saying it's creeping so up. He gets he's creeping he gets, up there. He gets up I mean, to that he's five. To, he's he's perfect as that last last ten minutes guy. Throw know? him on there, guy that knows how to put the ball in the net. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been he just made a good run and basically tapped it in. That's all you need from him. Yeah, that's been a good signing, and I think that you know the the mentality that he brings too, which is go hard and practice probably one you need so I'm, I'm glad that he's doing that you know alan franco might not have liked how hard dom was going to practice but uh, that's uh you need those guys you know and you, you and honestly with alan franco like go hard at him he needs somebody <laughs> needs, yeah i mean that's what i'm saying he you needs know, some uh tuning up and maybe pineda told love, dom that you know we don't know that for sure but maybe pineda was like hey man I, I need you to get in this guy and light a fire under him because he, he needs to you know get it right it's so good move by pineda yeah, absolutely <laughs> All speculation, uh, but if if so, good job, Gonzalo. Atlanta United taking on Columbus. I don't know if this is in Atlanta or – It is. It's in it Atlanta is, it on is. a Saturday night. Saturday at 7 o'clock. Yeah, prime right time after, on a Saturday night, Memorial Day weekend. I'm right down. Champions League. Um, here's, my, here's my piece of advice for Atlanta United for this game. Don't 
give Lucas Zellerion chances for free kicks in dangerous areas. Don't do it because that guy will make you pay. Sage advice. That being said, uh, Columbus has not won a game in about a month. When this game is played, it'll be right at, I think, 20, basically a month. Well, it's because they got rid of Yazzie's artist, man. Duh. (laughs) Uh, the last win they had was April 30th against DC United. That was a three, three, no win, uh, played new England through a two, two draw after that. And then lost New York two nothing. Uh, and then their most recent match was against LAFC where they lost two nothing. And now they go to Atlanta and face the five stripes. Uh, look, I here's another know... piece of advice. Score more goals than yeah. Columbus in this so, game. How yeah, about that's, that? the, that's the thing I I'm, they haven't been scoring a ton lately. They've, they have two goals in the last four matches. So this might be an opportunity to kind of build some confidence defensively and, and kind of hold them to it. But that being said, I think mm. you expect <laughs> to give up two. So the quicker you can score two or more, the better for Laney. <laughs> that's yeah, I'm, go- that's, I'm going, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the, the way I'm going to kind of look at these things from now on, because at least until they prove me otherwise, I, you got to score two as quickly as you possible. Yeah, and unless you're the playing then you're garbage, in the game. <laughs> like Chicago fire, then yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going four two here. I mean, I think Columbus is a decent team. You know, like I said, they got Lucas LRI on, but I think this, and I don't know if this is more of a prediction than a hope, but this is the game. Like you see this opponent coming in, not playing their best soccer against the team in Atlanta United that is playing really well in the attack. I mean, granted, we did just spend a good amount of time talking about how the Gutman injury is going to affect all of that. But I think overall, you've got guys up in the attack playing well enough that you can put goals in on Columbus. That's not going to be, hopefully, an issue. The issue here, of course, is going to be how many do you give up. So, again, no free kicks in dangerous areas. Don't do it. You're bad at defending set pieces, and Columbus is very good at putting them in the back of the net. Since March 20th – no, you say that, but I don't think they actually are. Since March 20th, Columbus has four goals in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. I'm one, just talking about from set pieces and sure. not necessarily okay. just this year. One of those matches was the U.S. Open Cup game against Detroit City. So you can even count that one out. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, their production's way down. This, so, yeah, You're absolutely right. I, I'm, going, I'm going full guns blazing confidence. Three, two. Three two, because <laughs> you're right. Like I just, I just can't. Even it doesn't matter Columbus, how bad the Columbus is. Columbus is. I just is look, still think we're gonna have some brain farts. Columbus looking is looking at Lane and thinking this is this is the game where we can get we can right the ship. We, we can, can get, get it our, back. We can get our attack going. We can kind of build some you know, momentum for the next game. You know, just one game at a time. That deal. They're looking at Lane and I thinking the same thing. And Lane and I looks at Columbus defensively and goes from a defensive standpoint. Goes okay. This is a game where we can hold them to maybe one. Maybe we get a clean sheet. Fingers crossed. Uh, but you but give Almada and I'm also, Araujo a taste, they're going to want some hat tricks. I'm just looking ah, at – I do, look, see, I'm looking I do at, see a goal test. They have one, two, three, four, five, six clean sheets against them in the last – since March 20th. Bobby Shuttleworth licking his chops. Seconds. Like, I mean, the, fat, the, the the amount of not scoring they're doing is is kind of amazing right now. So – it's an opportunity. Atlanta's got to take it. And just close uh, your close your legs, Shuttleworth. Keep, don't let them five hole. You. <laughs> close your legs. Shuttleworth. It's funny that we're giving, all right. Clip that, please. <laughs> hold on. It's funny that we're giving Shuttleworth all the crap when Guzan, before he got to Atlanta, had the had the nightmare of a game where he got three or five hold three times against what was it, Chelsea? 
Oh yeah. Do we not remember that? That was an embarrassing oh, end to the. Do we not remember that? I all love the. And that's why he's in MLS. <laughs> all love the Guzan, but that was that one was bad. I that's that. I would love to see the percentages on that one because that seems right up there with getting struck by lightning and then winning the lottery right afterwards. That that's it's one of those, uh, but. We'll see. Uh, hey, I would take getting struck by lightning if it meant I won the lottery afterwards. <laughs> Although that, of course, depends on what your definition of winning the lottery is, because it could be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's one of those deals with the devil you make where it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get struck by lightning, but win the lottery the next day. And the lottery you win, it's like a free ticket off a of scratcher. If you never hear from Sam Franco, know that that has been done. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap up? Just hopeful, man. I mean, you know, I think at this rate, we, we've we done the, the negative thing. We've done the, hey, what the hell's going on thing. But now you're starting to see this team play better in the attack. And I think ultimately, as a soccer fan, playing well in the attack is what gives fans hope. Like, playing well in the defense is one thing, but, you know, you have to score goals to win games. And I think Atlanta United getting much better, looking much better in the attack getting out Uju back and him impacting it almost immediately from his return from injury. So I think at this rate for this team, it's especially with the injuries on defense, it, it it's going to be hold on for dear life for, for pretty much the rest of the season. I think we have to get used to that and accept that that's what it's going to be. So, you know, if you're an Atlanta United fan, hope that your team can score a lot and be prepared to give up a lot because that's pretty much, I think what we're going to see unless this team and Alan Franco in particular can, can really figure it out in terms of positioning, in terms of just playing well. And look, you need Alan Franco to step up. I know Alex DeJohn's come in and, and sort of taken the Miles role, but quite frankly, Alex DeJohn needs to be taking the Alan Franco role and Alan Franco needs to be taking the Miles Robinson role. So yeah. if he can figure it out, step up, start to play a little bit better defense, that's going to make your entire back line better. And, and by default, your goalkeeping situation better. So that and my final thought is everyone out there, say a prayer, burn some sage, do whatever you need to do for Joseph Martinez in the next couple of weeks. Cause this might be the last, your last chance. I just, you know, I, the guy is just such a important figure in this city. You know, I, I pointed out man. where half the kids in these youth games have number seven on their backs, not because of, you know, Portuguese Ronaldo, but because of Joseph Martinez and man, it would be incredible. Best. Yeah. It would be incredible for him to come back and that knee's healthy and he just turns it on again. But everyone out there, good thoughts. Happy thoughts to Joseph. You're telling me these kids aren't putting on the number seven for Eric Cantona? Come on, man. <laughs> they, yeah, uh, they, uh, they love how he kicked, uh, kicked dudes in the he face. He kung fu kicked the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Howard uh, Webb's favorite player. My, uh, I guess my final thought is that, yeah, kind of bank, piggybacking off of you, Sam, there, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, the attack has made you very hopeful, should make you very hopeful for what this team can do in, in 2022. And uh, we didn't have that very early on in the season, um, or at least this much of it. And, uh, you know, maybe if there's an emphasis, on, look, I would rather have four or two wins than, you know, one, nothing losses. I'll put it that way. Uh, I would rather have, uh, a team that can has a chance up until the last minute to score goals, just creating a lot of chances than a team that's unbelievably stout defensively and, but it only can only rely on one goal. That one that's boring to watch in most cases. And this is much more entertaining, even if we're giving up, you know, two, three goals a match. Uh, hopefully it's not the case. Hopefully we're scoring four and they're scoring no, none. Uh, but I think we've prepared you well enough for 
what looks to be, you know, four, two, four, three, five, three type of games. Uh, hopefully not many and hopefully many going in the favor of Atlanta United because we need something to kind of turn in this season for, for it to be productive. I, there's definitely still a chance, definitely still time, but um, you know, eight, eighth right now with 16 points, Philadelphia with 24. So literally everything is still up there for grabs this early in the season. So, you know, nothing to, nothing to get too, too sad about yet, but uh, definitely a lot to be hopeful for. All right. Here, here. Yep. That'll do it for us. Uh, we'll try to go next week, but again, we got busy lives, busy schedules. Uh, you know, this is a hobby. It's always been a hobby. We had more time to be, to, to, to do our hobby in the past. And you'll uh, hear us when you hear us, but life happens. And I, yeah, and, I'm not uh, traveling anywhere. So life happens. Uh, people get busy uh, <laughs> projects pop up that uh, are either unexpected or, or take up uh, more time than you think. And uh, sometimes you got to put the hobbies on hold. So until next time it's, we plan on being here next week, but you know, you never know with us. So same time, same. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Probably right. different time, same bat channel. I was going to say until next week, but until next time, see you later, Atlanta. Bye. Bye.